Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm so excited that you're tuning in today. Today I'm joined by John Hasdevac, the founder of Chuck Walla Fitness, and we're really going to be discussing a lot of what went into Chuck Walla Fitness and what it really stands for. So that includes, you know, a positive gym culture and gym environment, fitness for life, even if you are someone in your, say, 30s, 40s, 50s, and children are in the picture, how you can incorporate fitness into your life, and so much more. This is a awesome episode with a lot of information jam-packed into about 35, 40 minutes, so I know you're going to love it, and be sure to check out John and Chuck Walla Fitness. Their info is linked below. Enjoy the show. John, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you on today. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I had to call you John because I still haven't quite figured out how to pronounce your last name. Is it Hasdevac? You said it right. I have a uh, actually a little trick for remembering my last name. My uncle used to say it. So think about a vacuum cleaner, the vac, okay? You're looking for the vac, you lost it, and you say, hey, who has the vac? John has the vac. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So for people who aren't familiar with you and Chuck Walla Fitness there in Phoenix <laughs> and all the amazing things that you've done competing in CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting, would you mind kind of filling them in a little bit about your journey and backstory? Sure. Um, yeah. So right now owning Chuck Walla Fitness uh, for the last seven years, uh, my wife and I running that thing, um, do it full time and training as an athlete. Um, backstory for me, I grew up in Northern California as a gymnast, um, did gymnastics starting at six years old, all the way to 17 years old, and then, uh, transitioned into, uh, actually playing football. So I played, uh, one year of senior high school and then four years of college football. And, uh, that's where I got into the weightlifting and everything like that. And then moved out to Maui. Uh, I was also a surfer boy. So I grew up <laughs> surfing and, uh, Hawaii was always a destination for me. And uh, actually, the first time I ever did CrossFit was in a garage back in 2008. And uh, that's when I first got my, you know, feet wet with that. Um, fell in love with it, but didn't stick with it. Um, still distracted with the, the waves, um, but met my uh, wife-to-be out there. And she's originally from Phoenix. And so um, we lived in Hawaii for a little bit and then moved out to Phoenix to, to grow our family, to be closer to our families and uh, I'm out in the desert now. So I was like, I need to find something to do. And uh, I was like, I remember doing that CrossFit thing. That was pretty cool. And we had a friend that was doing it in the backyard and um, jumped in with her. And I was like, oh, this is it. I have a chance to compete again and you know, have that competitive element to it, um, stay fit. I really love that I could get a really good workout in 15 minutes and I didn't have to spend all day in the gym. And uh, so that's what kind of got me started. And then you took that passion and turned around and made a life and career out of it, right? Yeah, trying to. <laughs> I'm in the middle of that process, I think. Um, but uh, I've always been entrepreneurial. And so um, I had, when I first moved here, started with a window cleaning business, got into carpet cleaning. Um, it was great owning my own business. And uh, I love the hustle of owning your own business. Um, but uh, definitely not passionate about window cleaning or carpet cleaning. So I was like, how do I put my passion and, you know, make a living together? And uh, CrossFits were starting to pop up all over. And I was like, I think this is the time to strike, you know, uh, strike while the iron's hot. Right. So uh, that's what I did. And, and just put my passion together. It's a very simple business model, um, you know, limited equipment. You got an empty box. You just get people together. If you have the knowledge and the enthusiasm, um, you know, you can do this. And I believe that I could do it. And so. Um, 
launched on myself and uh, made it happen. Started in a single car garage in our house with about 10 people and then ended up moving into where we're at now, which is uh, it's an old mechanic shop. So about 2,500 square feet. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And uh, I will say, having been at your gym, it's a very impressive setup. And I, oh, thank you. <laughs> I would call it small but mighty. You know, you don't need a yeah, there you thousand go. <laughs> square foot. You don't need every, you know, squat, leg press, leg curl machine under the sun. Just sure. keep to the basics and make it work. And, um, you know, I like that you kind of have that business entrepreneur and fitness background. You were very active and athletic growing up by the sounds. And I think that there's a ton of commonalities between the business world and the health and fitness world. You know, every day is going to be a little bit different. None of the results that you want are going to happen overnight. You have to be consistent and continue to chip away at, you know, long-term big picture kind of goals. 100%. Um, and it always requires a lot of hard work and dedication. Uh, even on the days that, you know, you might not feel like giving it, you still have to show up and check the box, even if it is only a 15 minute workout or 15 minute session. Um, looking at your clients and everything that you have at Chuckawalla, would you say there's mm -hmm. any kind of like common trend to that? Like, do you get a lot of people from the business world or have you noticed like the ones that you do train from the business world are, you know, more into the CrossFit style of workout, I'll say. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say we have a lot from the business world per se, but it's, uh, you know, North central Phoenix, a lot of young families, um, which is, I'd say the majority of our clientele, um, just hardworking individuals that, uh, want to stay fit and healthy. That's like the bulk of the gym. Um, lots of kids running around. I think we had 11 babies born in a 12 month period one year. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So kids are everywhere. Um, I offered free childcare from the very beginning. It was part of, um, my wife and I's kind of vision is to have childcare a priority. Not a lot of CrossFit gyms offer that. Sometimes you get a lot of the younger competitive crowds in there and there's not really room or space for, uh, for kids. And so that was, you know, I got four kids. Um, <laughs> uh, and so it was just kind of like one of our priorities that we had. So I think we attract that. So a lot of the young families, um, but at the same time, it's like, we're all there to have fun and, and be fit. And, um, uh, I don't, I don't think we have like, there can be some stereotypes of, of some CrossFit gyms where you get like, uh, kind of the egos and things like that. Um, that's not the type of gym we are. We're very family friendly and just open to everybody. But at the same time, I love to compete. And at the same time, like we, we push very hard. And so I think that tension right there of like, this isn't everything, but this is still important. And so having that balance is, is kind of like the, the vibe of our gym. You know, we don't have a lot of competitors, but we have a couple. Um, and, uh, but everyone competes every day and that's what makes it fun. And we, we all got each other's backs and, and we just enjoy being with each other. And I think that's why um, I continue to do this and I don't ever want to quit. It's because I just love the people that I'm with every day. I love that. I love that. And, you know, if you build that kind of lifestyle for yourself, you probably feel like you're not even working most of the time. It's true. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm working all the time, but at the same time, yeah. Right. I'm stuck on this point, though. You mean to tell me that it's possible to still be fit and active with a family? Like you, you don't have to just <laughs> succumb to, you know, the dad bod? Absolutely. <laughs> I think that's probably like, I don't project it, maybe. I don't know if I do or not, but it's that's one of my kind of internal passions is that 
just because you get married and have kids doesn't mean that you have to just let everything else go. Just because you're busy, you're trying to run business, you're trying to work hard, doesn't mean that you let your body go. And in fact, it, it, uh, what I've noticed is that it works in reverse or inverse, that the more emphasis you put on yourself and your physical uh, capabilities, your mental capabilities that goes hand in hand with, in fitness, as you know, um, that projects into the rest and, and translates into the rest of your life and actually makes for uh, more energy with your family, um, improves your relationships and uh, improves your quality of life to enjoy um, getting older. And so for me, I want to be able to be, you know, 80 years old and take care of myself for one. I want to have someone to have to, you know, wipe my butt every day, um, just being honest. And uh, I want to be able to, to get up and down and move, uh, hopefully with grandkids and things like that. And so I know it's like a long ways away, but, you know, life is short and I want to live it to the fullest. And I want others to be able to see that as well and to see that, hey, you can be the strongest version of you and continue to get stronger. We have athletes in our gym. They're the strongest they've ever been. And they're in their uh, 40s, uh, even in their 50s. And they're stronger than they've ever been their entire life. So it just shows like, wow, this is amazing. This is, po this is possible. You don't have to just be like, oh, that was my 20s. I was fit then. Um, and I think that's where I have to do uh, a better job communicating to the public about, hey, you may have been fit in your 20s, or maybe you have no background, right, um, with fitness or anything like that. And now you're 35, or you're 40 years old. You have a whole life ahead of you. Like, you're the, the human body is amazing. It can transform itself even later in life you just got to get past the mentality of, um, you know, that part is over or I used to be this, or I can never be that. So the, that kind of self-talk that most people have, that's where we have to like, okay, you got to get rid of that. You got to believe that you're going to be the best version of yourself. The further you move along in life, not the other way around. So. Yeah. I love that you bring that up. I mean, plain and simple. I've seen people in their forties who are confined to nursing homes and can't live independently. And likewise, there's 80 year olds uh, running marathons. So Absolutely. age really is but a number and the uh, actions or inactions that you choose every single day will either put you closer towards the former or the latter of those two situations. And, you know, I'm not here to tell you one is right and one is wrong. It's everyone's life and they can do sure. whatever they want with it. However, I personally would rather be on the 80 year old running marathon side, kind of like yourself, as opposed to the, you know, 40 year old who's confined to a nursing home and can't even walk independently. Um, so again, everyone can make the choice for themselves. But I think that if you take small actions day in and day out and move yourself closer to where you want to be, um, then as you mentioned, it's not going to just help you physically, it's going to help you mentally, emotionally, and all these other facets of life, and push you closer towards um, just improved quality of life. Um, I think that there's like no system in the body that doesn't benefit from exercise. So finding something that you love, that you enjoy with a good community and, oh, by the way, you can fit it into your day. You don't have to like, you know, worry about two hours of childcare or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's an essential thing for everyone, um, especially those in that Phoenix area, because you, you got some, uh, you got some hardworking people there and, um, you know, that's a, that's a rough climate to be in too. I was dying in that heat there last <laughs> summer. It gets hot. <laughs> now I'm all cold in the BD on. It's like 70 <laughs> degrees today. <laughs> so, um, no, I hear you. Yeah, 100%.
And I, um, I'll also say that one of the things that I liked from your gym is the fact that you actually pushed people outside, like you kind of push people to get outside of the gym wall, so to speak. I think a lot of people think of a gym and they think of, you know, this, you know, dark, poorly lit area with some kind of music that they probably don't like playing. And they're just going to go in there, jump from machine to machine and slave away for an hour or two, maybe run on a treadmill and then they'll leave. Whereas you're kind of like, let's open up the doors. Let's go outside. Let's move around. Let's play good music. Let's do things that people actually want to do and make this engaging as a opposed to just another thing that you go through the motions for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like if it's going to be a part of your life and lifestyle, then you've got to enjoy it. Like it's not a duty that you have to do. Um, even with like eating healthy or things like that, it's like, don't pick foods that are, you just are disgust you. Like there's ways to eat healthy to find foods that you enjoy. You want to enjoy the process. And I feel like just like, I'm glad that, that that's the vibe that you got from it. I love that we got those big garage doors that we can open up. We have an outdoor rig. We go in and out. Obviously, our weather allows for it. Um, and we, we can go run on the canal, you know, and but that's that's living life. So it's kind of like that. Um, it's actually a, a good kind of picture of like what fitness should be, where it's like you're living life, but you're using your fitness. And so we kind of combine the two where I feel like the, the community and the relationships that are happening in there, the friendships that are being built, that's life. We're just living life, but we're also um, accomplishing the goals that we have as far as, you know, getting stronger, getting fit. Uh, but it's this kind of blend where this, um, this overlap between the two. And you, you kind of just, I've never actually thought of it the way that you just described it, where it's kind of like, um, I, I, I see that happening with the doors open. It's like an outdoor, indoor where you're kind of allowing real life to happen while you're still, you know, trying to, to work on your fitness. And it's not just this uh, regimented dark place I have to go to and check the box off. <laughs> right, right. Most people don't like going through the motions of things. They like no. doing things that they care about and they're passionate about. Um, and as you mentioned before, you've really done a great job at fostering a community at your gym. What have been the things that you've done that kind of helped develop that or grow that community outside of just the normal, you know, workouts and that sort of thing. Yeah, obviously like the CrossFit style group training is going to have just a natural um, overflow as far as um, that makes just naturally kind of uh, cultivates that right. Just mm -hmm. on its own. But I think the things that we do um, additionally is that my, one of my core values is, um, intentionality. So having intention in, in your relationships or when you're coaching, um, I'm not just giving a cue, but I'm actually helping Susie or whoever, right. Um, be a better person. And so when you think of it that way, when you think of them as a human being, that's trying to better themselves, it's trying to be, um, the better, the best version that they can be of themselves. And they're trying to improve. It's not just like, I'm just correcting, um, bar path or, whatever. It's like, I'm, I'm improving this person's life. Um, and whether I see that result right then or there, um, or never see it, it doesn't matter. It's in that moment, in every moment that I have with any client, um, it's the intention that we put on it. So it's like every, one of the first things I ever wrote down when I was writing like core values and mission statements, all that kind of stuff. When I was starting the business, um, I told the coaches, I said, every person matters. So Every person that walks in the door, they matter. So what is, 
if you just have that philosophy in your mind, thinking about every person that walks in the door matters, then you're going to treat them that way. And so if you treat every person as if they matter, they're valued, they're important, whether I know they're going to sign up or whether I know they're just visiting for a day or whether I'm going to have them as a client for 10 years, it doesn't matter. I'm going to treat them the same and I'll treat them with the respect um, that they deserve as a human, of course, but also knowing that this is a, the, a possible um, catalyst for just life improvement and uh, for some people changing their life completely. So, and I'll say you even go a step further. I mean, you were doing barbecues and you did a free oh, workout yeah. every now and then. Yeah. Like, not yeah. many gyms I know even do that kind of <laughs> stuff anymore. Like, you have made the statement that you care, but you go further and you show action and take. Um, you know, regular events and all these different things for the people that are in your community um, that I think yeah. take it a step further. And uh, again, that's something I don't see often, uh, hardly ever really from any other gym. Um, and it's one of those things that's like, I'm, it, it can be difficult to recommend gyms to people sometimes because I know of places like what you have or like where I'm at right now in um, Fruitland here at Athlete Academy. And there's just not many places like that out there. And I don't understand why, like you go above and beyond, but it's like, shouldn't this be the standard for everyone everywhere? Yeah, I think it should. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it goes back to just enjoying life with, with, with people and, and living life. It's like, if we're living life together, then what, what do we do together? We'll, we, we have barbecues, we go have fun. We do events outside of the gym. Um, we practice our fitness outside of the gym. Um, we had a really good time doing Ragnar race uh, the beginning of the month. We had two teams um, do that. And that was just a really good team building deal. And we're out in the desert running for however 15 miles each and um, not super enjoyable physically, but, um, we love doing challenges together and yeah, it's all the things, all the events that we plan throughout the year. I think just, we want to build the community we want to stay tight and we want to enjoy ourselves, um, with each other. So let's go have fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that, that philosophy seems to work well, not just for your gym, but for you personally, uh, as Absolutely. we mentioned earlier, you compete both CrossFit and Olympic late, uh, Olympic weightlifting, I believe. And then um, you just had, I think it was last year, you were first in something. I can't remember what exactly. Fill me in here. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I, I love the Olympic weightlifting. Um, you know, as a master's athlete, there's not like, a, you know, I, I wouldn't say there's like a ton of competition um, in it, but uh, I just love getting on the platform. And it's it goes kind of back to um, just being an uh, individual athlete from gymnastics where kind of all eyes on you, you got judges, and you just have to perform in that moment. Um, so yeah, I took uh, uh, first place in my division uh, for the state championship last year. And then I did the same thing again this year. And this year, they actually changed uh, some of the rules where they um, combine the state events with the regional event. So Nevada, Utah, Arizona, I think uh, New Mexico, um, those states were all competing in the state championship. And then they took the winner of the whole region. Um, and I was also uh, able to win that this year. So that was just a lot of fun. I just, I love to compete and I love to, to win when I can. Um, so I, I did that and uh, still, you know, lifting heavy weight the older I get, which is a lot of fun. And then um, last year, in December, I competed in CrossFit. It was a sanctioned CrossFit Masters event, which was exclusive for Masters athletes. Um, that's the Legends, um, the Legends Championship. That was a lot of fun in San Diego last year. Um, it was invited. The whole world was invited to that um, worldwide competition. We had some games athletes that were competing there. 
um, and ended up taking second place uh, at that. And that was a, a hardcore, like four day CrossFit competition. I think we did 11 events over four days. So they wanted to kind of make that one really comparable to the CrossFit games, but it was exclusive to the masters athletes. So there was no other distractions um, with, you know, the individual events, which is a lot of fun, all eyes on us, you know, we're the center of the stage. Um, and we actually had the CrossFit uh, games announcers um, that have done the, you know, the announcement, you know, the, the commentating for the, for the CrossFit games for the last however many years, they were, you know, announcing our names. You got Andy Sakamoto, you know, saying your name and everything, which is cool. And then you do little interviews with them if you want to heat. So um, yeah, that was a lot of fun, but uh, I just, I think I'm going to continue to compete as long as I possibly can. I'm always open to trying to make the CrossFit games. And I actually uh, age up this year. So I'm 39, I'm 39 right now. Uh, but however old you'll be in August or whatever the time of the CrossFit games, that's your competition age. So I'll actually be turning 40 in June. And, uh, so I'll be, I'll, I'll age up, but in the open, I'll actually still be 39. So I'll be at the young end of it. And so I'm hoping that, uh, going into this division, I probably have the best chances of, of making the games that I've ever had. And I'm going to take that pretty serious for the next three months until the open starts and, uh, see what we can do over the hill, as they say. Over the hill. <laughs> so, oh, man. what was it like during that competition? You mentioned that there was four days in a row of just intense competition. I mean, can your training really prepare you for four days in a row of like that intense level competition? Um, or is it the kind of thing that you just mentally rely on one another to get through? Or what's it like when you're kind of in the heat of the moment there? Shout out to, to Tino. Uh, Tino is the programmer for Invictus uh, training. So I actually, I hired Tino to train me for, um, you know, to be a competitive master's athlete. And the Invictus program, I'm sure you've heard of that. Uh, yeah. They're out in San Diego and uh, did remote training with him. And, and he really prepared me. Um, I didn't realize, you know, I've been doing this a long time, but to compete at that level and be prepared for four days, 11 events, high intensity and all that the amount of volume that it really takes to be prepared for that is even more than I imagined um you know you follow these these games athletes that are working out all day long and it, it literally is so it's it's you know four to six hours of training a day um a lot of a lot of zone two and just kind of um even bodybuilding work that you're doing a lot of the it's it's all the little things right so it's the the longer bike rides the longer rowing um the uh the the isolated muscle group exercises that you're doing that you typically won't do if you just go to a CrossFit class, right? Um, all those things will help build your base and kind of strengthen your weaknesses to be, to have you completely prepared for whatever's thrown at you in competition. So going into competition, um, I was super excited, super nervous, but, um, I was definitely prepared for it. Um, I had a chance, I almost, you know, took gold up there. Um, competing against guys that were at a very high level, some even in the CrossFit games and um, to come, you know, in second place was, was uh, um, just unbelievable for me, but yeah, it's just, I think I was prepared. I think that, um, so th it's funny when I was texting, when I'm texting Tino, some, some of these hard workouts he's giving me, I'm like, dude, I don't think I'm as good as you think I am because of what he programmed for me. Right. I'm like, I can barely complete this workout. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm not that good because the workouts were so hard. And then his response is, he's like, good. That means in competition, it's going to feel easy. 
<laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. So we kind of overloaded, right? And so by the time you get to competition, I'm so used to doing three, four, five workouts a day. Um, my body's actually prepared for it. If I hadn't done that training, I wouldn't have been prepared for it. I might've had a couple good events, you know, my specialty or whatever, uh, but I wouldn't have been able to last a sustain to the final day. Cause you get to Sunday and it's like your body's toast, you know? Um, so uh, I had, I had the endurance to, to hold on and finish strong and had one of my best events on the last event. Um, so yeah, shout out to, uh, to Tino and Invictus, uh, CrossFit Invictus or Invictus athlete and uh, everything they've done for me. So. Yeah. And I love how you as a coach are not afraid to go somewhere and get a coach yourself. Um, that's something that I've noticed continues to come up time after time. And that doesn't matter if I'm talking with, you know, an NPC bikini competitor to a CrossFit athlete to whatever is the athletes who are very serious about their competition often get a coach themselves. And I think that there's something to be said about like our own biases um, when we are writing our own programs. At least for me, I find that I always resort to weighted pull-ups and weighted dips because I'm good at them. Um, when in reality, I should probably do a little bit more strict uh, conventional deadlifting. Um, so I think it's important for people who are listening, if you are, you know, a trainer, a coach, and you want to compete, like, don't be afraid to get a coach yourself. I mean, we can't all know every single thing there is to know after all. Yeah. And I think another important part of that is, is you know, the accountability and having an eye, an objective eye outside of yourself, uh, makes a big difference too. And that's, and it's, uh, it's confirming that when I'm selling people on my, uh, coaching, is that I, I truly believe they need a coach. You know, it's like anyone can just go and, and train. Like the amount of equipment you need to get in shape is not a lot. Anyone can do it. Like you can go to a park and get in shape. Um, but to have that uh, the accountability, have another eye objectively look at you and um, see your movement patterns, not only your movement pattern, but even just, I think you might know this, but uh, a lot of a lot of getting in shape and competition and business is about mindset, right? So there's the the mindset component too. If you're just in your own head constantly, you can have all the things perfect on paper, the perfect program written out. Uh, but if your mindset isn't correct, you don't have someone that understands your mindset and can kind of know when to push and when to back off, then um, that that's a game changer as well. And people don't always think about that. Or even if you do have the perfect program, how does it adjust and flex and accommodate to your life? Because exactly. maybe you've got a family and those kids kept you up late, which I'm sure never happens. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't have any kids that I know of. Uh, um, but um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that life never throws curveballs at anyone and oh, no, everything is just never. smooth sailing from start <laughs> to finish. Um, but having someone who can help you adjust what you're doing to the demands of your daily life is only going to help you more because it's one less thing that you have to think about. And if you are absolutely exhausted from, you know, getting kicked at 2 a.m. and saying move over, I had a nightmare, um, then you're at least going to have someone who's going to hear that out and adjust your program instead of just continuing to add more stressors to your life um if that if you were able to follow that no 100 percent. and it and sometimes just a simple conversation or just even to be uh be able to be heard and understood so that going to this training you don't have a negative mindset of like oh i'm not good enough because i'm i'm feeling i'm tired today right it's like no there's 
when you have an outside perspective, a pro who's been able to see, um, you know, over a long period of time, what works, what doesn't work, say, no, it's okay. Like take a rest day to day or, Hey, do X, Y, and Z, make sure you get that done, but then don't do the rest. You know, those little things like that are, are huge. And to just do all of that on your own, um, it's pretty much impossible. So, yeah, I mean, if anyone's serious about um, competing um, or even just getting in shape, I, I highly recommend getting a coach for sure. So what are you doing to prepare for your upcoming competitions in 2023? Any changes, anything different or same of the past stuff that worked well for you? Yeah, mostly of 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 the past stuff that's worked. Um, unfortunately, I got sick a couple times during the summer. Um, I think all of us have gotten COVID at least once, right? Um, <laughs> so I got, I got hammered pretty hard in the beginning of June. And then I got hit again, even harder at the end of June. And so it was wow. like, right when I was recovering, I just got, <clears throat> I got hammered and, uh, and that one took another month to recover from. And it was just, for me though, it's like, okay, I know where I'm at but I still have to keep moving forward. I'm not going to quit. And that's, that's the whole thing with, with, with the kind of where I've been for the last even, you know, few months is just show up. Or if I have like a little bit of a nagging injury or something like that, just show up. And I, I say, do what you can. Right. So there's been a lot of just do what you can. Um, over the last few months, I, I feel healthy right now. And I feel like I can start to really push, which is good as far as the timing of, of the open and things like that. So I'm getting um, back to um, some of the Invictus training and then, you know, back to those long volume days and, and, and give it a shot. Um, so yeah, pretty much going back to kind of the old, but the, the process looks a lot different this year than it did last year, where I had this kind of steady training all the way through summer, no hiccups along the way, where I had a few hiccups, um, you know, this year and just doing what I can and now kind of ramping up again uh, right now. So. Right. As we mentioned, sometimes life happens and you have Absolutely. to flex and accommodate your training accordingly. 100%. Now, outside of the gym, how about nutrition, sleep, all those other, you know, low hanging fruit things that I'm sure have nothing to do with performance, right? Um, no. How have you been able to dial those in for high level competition? And how do you help the people who come to your gym kind of set themselves up for success in uh, those endeavors? Yeah. Um, it's, it's simple, but it's hard, right? Mm -hmm. So the prescription is always simple. The path to success is basically math. Um, the path is math, right? It's like two plus two equals four. Um, but to your point, life doesn't work that way. So I've, I think it's just setting yourself up, um, um, for the, um, hiccups that have like expecting the unexpected kind of a thing. So it's like, I know, realistically, I'm not going to get perfect sleep every night, but, um, I'm prepared for that. Right. So I'm trying to regiment, especially with the family. Like we try to regiment, my wife's really good at being strict with bedtimes and things like that for the kids. Um, but we have kids that wake up constantly through the night. Um, it's just inevitable. So I, again, it goes back to do what you can, but it also kind of be, um, prepared as best you can, as far as how you set up your, your routines and your schedule. So we know, Hey, at this time I go to bed, this time I'm waking up. Um, I have certain class times at the gym that I go early to, and then you just got to basically plug it in the calendar and then have your non-negotiables. So your non-negotiables are like the things that are set there. It's like, no, I have to get this done regardless. Um, um, I have to get this amount of protein in because this is what I do to become successful. 
Um, I made a, a little short video about this the other day about how, you know, when we brush our teeth, it's just such a part of our routine because it's, it's, uh, it's a non-negotiable that we have. I think most people have, right. Where it's like, <laughs> You, you wake up, it's not like, I don't feel like doing this today or something came up and I'm just going to skip brushing my teeth for three days. Um, you know, that doesn't happen. It's like, no, I have, I have to go brush my teeth first before I leave. Like it's, you just make sure that it's, it, it happens. And so with fitness and with sleep and with nutrition, all these things, you just got to set up a couple of non-negotiables um, that you know that you're going to stick to. And knowing also being prepared that like, hey, life happens and I might not be able to hit that 100%. But at least your structure and your your calendar is built around it, and then you have, um, you know, you have contingencies or whatever. So if something happens and takes away that time, um, then I know I can make up for it at this time, or I just move on and, and do what you can, um, and then just be okay with that. But it's always moving forward. It's never like, oh, I messed up. Now I'm just going to go back, or I'm going to quit, or. Um, I'm done with that. And I think that's the mentality sometimes that people get into too much is, is it's all or nothing. And so if I'm not all in, then I'm all out. And that's probably the biggest struggle I have. Um, but I try to help people the most with in the gym is like, hey, um, you weren't perfect and no one will be, but that's okay. Just show up. Or what's the next best thing that you can do for you? It might just be just enter the doors. That's all you got to do is get through those doors. And that's all I need you to do three times a week. Don't worry about anything else. So put it on the calendar three times a week. You're going to walk through these doors and, um, or you're going to, you know, have X amount of protein every day or whatever it is. Right. And you just kind of make these, these things set up. So your, your structure and your, your life is built around it. And you have these non-negotiables is what I call them. And then um, allow for flexibility and don't beat yourself up when you don't, you know, uh, follow through hundred percent, just get right back on track and right. uh, keep going. <clears throat> Right. So you simplify health and fitness for people instead of making it even more complicated than it already is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think, I think it should be simple. And when people want to get a little bit more, you know, complex or they're curious or things like that, we'll go there. Yeah. Um, but, but for the most part, I think it's just, um, it's as simple as setting up your calendar really. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. And yeah, you know, there's so many deep dives that I love to go down sometimes, but you know, at the end of the day, not everyone needs red light therapy and, you know, cold plunge and cryotherapy and all these different things. Do they mm -hmm. help? Yeah. But you know, mm -hmm. that's not going to give you 98% of the results that you can get through mastering the basics and doing them very well. Take care of your big rocks. So there's big rocks that you just got to take care of. Those are little rocks. Yep. You know, yeah. 100%. Sand in the jar, the sand in the jar analogy. There you go. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> you fill that jar and you got the big rocks you take care of and then the little rocks and then the sand, and then you get that thing full, but you got to fill put your big rocks in first. Yep. Completely agree. John, this has been a great episode talking all things health and fitness and talking about Chuck Walla and what sets you guys apart there in Phoenix. Do you have any kind of closing thoughts or closing remarks or anything that you want those listening to take away? No, I, uh, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me on. And um, if anything I can leave with people is uh, I think kind of the, the couple of things that I, I highlighted that came to mind as we're talking is you know, for a lot of people, it's just, it's just do what you can. It's just show up. And it's, um, you know, also, I would just say, think about who you want to be 
in 10 years. And um, that might be hard for some people to do, but think about who you want to be in 20 years and what are the things that you know you have to do now um, so that in 10 years from now, you don't wake up and be like, what happened? And if you did wake up from 10 years ago and, and you're asking yourself what happened, know that you still have an opportunity to change and turn things around. And um, the human body is an amazing thing. You do, it can do uh, pretty much miraculous things. And so um, all you got to do is make the right decision today. Yeah, I completely agree. I like that. And John, for people who want to find out more about you and Chuck Walla, uh, where can mm -hmm. they find you at? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Instagram, my personal account is kind of my athlete page. I'll have some some tips and things on there too sometimes and mostly me training. Um, but that's just John underscore Hasdevac. And then our uh, Chuck Walla uh, fitness page where we utilize the CrossFit methodology um, is Chuck Walla um, underscore fitness. Perfect. And we'll link to all of that below in case you cool. didn't quite catch it. John, really appreciate your time, man. It's been great catching up with you. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brown Body Health and Fitness Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it with a friend, subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, and leave a review. This way we can spread knowledge and motivation and help reach more people. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.